Now this episode is brought to you by Cards Against Humanity, but wait, there's more. They asked us not to read an ad. Now how much would you expect to pay for something like that? What if I told you they just want you to enjoy the show? Operators are standing by. Okay, everybody. Okay, settle down. I can just have your attention. My name is Tip Meebler. You can call me Tip, Tipper, Tippy, or the Meeb. I am the boat navigator and your ship-based dive master. What does ship-based dive master mean? Means I'm never going to get into the water with you. Couple of things you need to know. The area that we'll be diving in is rich with marine life. Now, what does that mean to you and me? It means sharks. You're going to see some sponges, maybe some crabs, but more than anything, sharks. Hammerhead and deep ocean sharks. This is a dangerous area with beautiful predators moving through it in search of a free meal. That's why you contacted me, Torp Miplin. Now, I know what you're thinking. Tap, are the sharks the only thing I have to be aware of out here? No. There are a lot of things that aren't swimming that you need to be aware of. First and foremost, if you're going to dive deep, you need to come back up slowly. Otherwise, you will get nitrogen narcosis, also known as rapture of the deep, also known as the bends, also known as tape morply. Symptoms are extreme pain in the joints, a feeling of euphoria, also, hallucinate. You're gonna. A lot of people report hallucinations of underwater temple structures or submerged cities. Another thing you're gonna want to look out for: oxygen mix on your tanks. You have everything on your readouts. You need to check those every 15 minutes to make sure your O2 and CO2 mixes are done properly. Fail to do this, and you're gonna start suffocating in CO2, which is gonna lead to blurred vision, headaches, nausea and the appearance of faces on stones in a submerged city that's not on any map. Lastly, if you should run afoul of the hungry predators that you're getting into the water with, you're going to get bit, and they do not mess around. These are large sharks with very sharp teeth. If you are bit, blood loss will be your number one problem for two reasons. One, it's your blood. You should hold on to that. Two, Blood is like methamphetamine for sharks, okay? And they're going to want to take you apart like an Albuquerque teenager hits a toaster, okay? (laughs) Given the salinity of the water, the warm temperatures, it's possible that you could be bit and not be entirely aware of it. Symptoms of blood loss include (laughs) dizziness, lethargy, being surrounded by a cloud of red fluid, and also reports of a large sunken city and or temple complex below you. If you experience any of these symptoms, you need to get out of the water right away. Signal to me, Tom Maple Syrup, with one of the designated international patty signals for trouble in the water, and I'll get you out of here. We'll turn a kitchen up. We'll get the nitrogen out of you. We'll give you some oxygen, whatever the problem may be. Now, we've got notepads up here. People feel the need to sketch their hallucinations of subaquatic cityscapes, but we're just going to throw those away afterwards because you're crazy at that point. Anybody have any questions? Anybody? Uh, Torp, Torp over here. Yes. Yes. Uh, you, you, the elegant lady with winning ways. Yes, that's me, Tomp. I have a question. Will we be able to fish in these shark-infested waters? 
Uh, excellent question. The only fishing to be done around here is shark fishing. I don't know if you've heard of it. Sometimes in mainland, back in the States, they'll call it fishing for sharks or just fishing. But yes, these are prime Japanese shark fishing waters. Perfect. Uh, are you, your husband, and your frightened-looking daughter going to be a uh, shark? Stepdaughter. Oh, your terrified stepdaughter. Are they going to be uh, shark fishing today? Mostly her. All right, that sounds great. Uh, quick question. Um, she seems to be uh, covered in blood. Is that her own, ma'am? Ma'am, do you have lethargy, confusion? I do don't you know. think I that you uh, that that's uh, that that's just pig's blood that I accidentally spilled all over her face and head and shoulders and body, torso, legs, whatnot. <laughs> Butterfingers. Okay. All right. That's fine. Pig's blood. Uh, pigs don't get this far out. The sharks might be confused by it. Might be even better than regular, but I don't know. We'll give it a shot. <laughs> All right, everybody. Masks on. Who's your buddy? Let's go back over the back of the boat. Off you go. Okay. Hey, clap. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was uh, I was diving around there the other day, and I think I. I think I actually saw like it's some whoa, some sort of structure. Whoa, whoa, that... whoa! Calm down, Captain. All right, I understand what you're going through right now. What you have is called sailor's madness. You've been out on the seas for too long. Probably haven't gotten any citrus. What you're experiencing is confusion, hallucination, lockjaw, intermittent pelvic pain, foot bloat, tooth rot, a little bit of an inner ear tingle, a very severe outer ear tingle, nose bleeds, drippy nipple. All right, welcome to the podcast. Everybody settle down. No No more Tlorp. The name's Tape. Hi, everyone. Hello. What's going on? What's going on? I'm David Flora. I'm Dave Stecco, and welcome to Blurry Thanksgiving. <laughs> We're working on it. Shut up. It's, it's all <laughs> Saints Day. Is it? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Por Dia de los Muertos. That's right. We got something, oh, sí. something for everybody. Yeah. It's the Day of All Muertos. Get what I mean. That would be Dia de los Todos Muertos. Should be Dia de los Muertos. Oh, it is now. We've dated ourselves to recording. You know when we're recording this, so... Uh, oh, shit. That's, that's right. Now, now you know if uh, if I had a good week or or I was busy with stupid stuff, I, how soon I'd get this out. But I uh, hope everybody's doing well. Hope you had a yep. fun, blurry photober, because we did. Heck yeah. And we don't want to be alone in that. Oh, man. We had a great time. We are sitting here. We are enjoying our Wild Trail Pale Ale. Yeah. From uh, got- Dragons and Genesis and Adventure Chick. Yes. Thank you so much. Uh, we ruined their sex life and they rewarded us with beer. The way the world uh, works. Yeah. We're- I like. I love how extreme this Bigfoot is. He He's BMXing, right? Is that, yeah, is that a yeah. BMX? Is that a BMX? A, and he's also going, woo. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty intense. It's it's good and it's a uh, it, it's pretty it's pretty tasty, man. Mm-hmm. I had a a clean slate coming into this for opinions <laughs> and judgment, and I'm happy with yeah, it. Yeah, this is not work. This is delightful. I'ma keep drinking it. I'ma keep drinking it. 
<laughs> the other beer that we got is a is a dark IPA. It's a Mothman beer, so we, we'll probably be switching to that pretty soon. But yeah. yeah, thank you guys for sending that. And man, thanks to everybody who who thinks of us for uh, just little little gifts and and treasures. And the ladies, thank you for the candy that everybody sends. And yeah, you guys are just the damn best fans. You guys are wonderful. Yeah, you, I I can say this just to keep it short and sweet. We by by any measure of justice or or proper disposition we do not deserve how great <laughs> you guys are i agree with that <laughs> so so thanks everybody for for thinking of us and uh thanks for you know subscribing to us and downloading and and listening yeah, yeah. And getting mad when we don't get our episodes out on time and and all that stuff it means you care yeah yeah we're going to hit you with a real interesting one i had never heard of this Dave brought it to me this weekend. I made it up. Turns out I was right. Now I'm psychic. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a good episode. Uh, we're going to talk about the Yonaguni Monument. Yes, a monument to the achievements of Yonaguni. What? Monsieur Yonaguni. It's an undersea mystery for you and also me and blurry photos. Singing episode. How about that last extra sode? I don't know Woo. if you've, I don't think you've gotten to listen to it yet, but <laughs> I, I, I don't, not until you send them to me. I, weirdly it is. enough, <laughs> I, I would like, because I don't support my own podcast, I have to have you send me those files or I don't get them. Patreon's email system's weird. You're yeah, weird. We, I, I can go into it, but I won't. And um, <laughs> yeah, I'll have to send it to you because it's like it, it's like a soft shoe away from being an entire musical. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. We, we I do remember crazy. we d- I do remember we got down with a lot of truffling. So yeah, we talked about the spider gates uh, for those of you guys. If you haven't, uh, if you're not a a patron um, mm-hmm. of it, talked about the spider gates in the last one, and that's a that's a cemetery and. Massachusetts, pretty creepy place. But anyways, yeah, we shan't make that mistake um, <laughs> of making this a musical episode. I don't know. This one, this one is uh, pretty dry for being an underwater uh, complex. Oh, I but like it's that. interesting. Yeah, you know, we we've all probably heard of the Baltic Sea anomaly by now. If you know you're interested in the spheres that this podcast bounces around and all. Yeah, you're into that. Shit. It's the 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 undersea Millennium Falcon. Yeah. It's yeah, an older but similar underwater aberration lies in the Bahamas with huge rectangular rock slabs that have come to be known as Bimini Road. You might have heard that one as well. And yet another sunken configuration of geology lies just on the southwestern most tip ass end of Japan in the bottom reaches of the East China Sea. That's a that's a lot of geography there for you. It is known as the Yonaguni Monument. The large underwater structure was discovered in 1987, but has gained popularity in recent years. What with the whole ancient aliens fad? George Sukalos sound. Is such a thing even possible? Yes, it is. Oh, by the way, BTW, <laughs> my dear David, when I say... Cougar sound. We both know what I'm talking about. What? The previous episode. Yeah. I said I called for the cougar sound. 
and you gave me a playful take on the cougar sound that was like a sexy woman. Like, uh, oh, yeah, you, not, you can give me a background. What, what, what were you asking for? Like the sound of like, the wow, action. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. No, you were, talking about, you were talking about an old woman who was coming on to a kid. I know. That's what makes it funny. Then you go, wow, wow. Oh, I see. I see what I was doing there. Yeah, because, Flora, you don't have enough work to do with this podcast. I need you to uh, also do the sound that's in my head, not the sound I say out loud, if you could do that for me. Where were we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I have done, I've done the cougar sound before. Yeah. But I've also done the cougar sound. Yeah, the, I remember. The, I've done I the cougar sound. Cougar. Well, I remember cougar. when I said it, you were like, oh, I got to find the cougar sound now. <laughs> oh, yeah, because uh, I already had a, yeah. uh, whatever. Uh, uh, what's important is that we just did we did the shit out of the, the George Sukolo sound because yeah. because ancient earlierns these submerged structures seem at a glance to just be normal formations on the seafloor, but upon closer inspection, they may seem more than just big hunks of rock. Right angles, flat planes, and odd features have caused some geologists and archaeologists to stop collaborate and listen to what these weird regions under the waves could be or could have been that that last note's the important one that's what makes that's what makes it not pressure oh that's that's a that's a good useful fact yeah that's that was his argument when because he did not pay royalties that's that's a dumb argument for that baseline but yeah and i don't i actually don't even know how it turned out but i remember that that was his argument now, Yonaguni is a particular hotspot of controversy for a number of reasons, uh, most notably because we've got some of, the, some of the big hitters in the alternative history genre, guys like Graham Hancock and Robert Schock. Uh, they've been involved in studying it almost from the get. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But, um, and what the implications of such a discovery would yield and what the evidence ultimately points to. So... Flora, grab your scuba gear and a hammerhead decoy, because we're going diving to a Japanese mystery site. Look out. It's covered in sharks now. <laughs> <laughs> it, it actually is f***ing covered in, great, in, uh, in hammerhead sharks. It's not a word of it a lie. Yeah. It's the mating grounds. Which is how they found it in the first place, which was, I think, hilarious. Now, in terms of discovery... Yonaguni Monument was a sort of an accidental find by Kihachiro Aratake, a tourism director based on the island of Yonaguni. He went by the name of Tip. <laughs> That's right. The island itself, Yonaguni, is only about 11 square miles, or 29 square kilometers, and lies just 67 miles, or 108 kilometers, east of Taiwan. It's not far yeah. in, in the grand is- scheme. One of the other reasons why it's, uh, let's say, call it a geolo- uh, geographically sticky wicket. Yeah, geographical oddity. Two <laughs> weeks from everywhere. It's one of the Yayama Islands and the westernmost inhabited island of Japan. Um, it's the last of the islands in the Ryukyu Islands chain. And tourism is big there in the winter due to the hammerhead sharks that congregate in the waters off the coast. And Aritake was scoping out some sweet diving spots to take would-be tourists when he started noticing a terrace-like structure about 25 meters below the surface of the water. 
Now, at this point, some reports say he kept it to himself for a while, and some say he announced it right away that he'd found a sunken castle, but nobody gave a shit. <laughs> in fact, uh, in going through this, and I don't know, you tell me if you found this or not, Dave, but the facts get a little fuzzy here because the next point of interest in the in the whole history of it comes when Professor Masaaki Kimura gets involved at some point in the 90s. Now, I've yeah. seen 92 or 96 that he comes let's, in. It's probably 92. Let's, let's get him in there early. Yeah, we'll get him in there and make it look like he, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> Kimura was a marine geologist from the University of the Ryukyus and took a real interest in the underwater structure. Uh, real interest. He took a <laughs> real interest in it. Just, just real interested. Just, I just, I just want to emphasize that um, <laughs> he began studying and mapping the site diligently and gradually formed hypotheses, which we'll get into in a bit. In 1997, Yasuo Watanabe, a Japanese industrialist, sponsored an expedition to the site to find more information because he was kind of interested in it too. So he invited the BBC, he invited the Discovery Channel. And uh, the writers, John Anthony West and Graham. And that's it. That's where he stopped, right? He stopped right there. Uh, he, he, he got a couple more people involved. <laughs> Stowaways. <laughs> Graham Hancock Ugh. and geologist Robert Schock. Dr. Yep. Robert Schock. Doc Schock. <laughs> Hancock and Doc Schock. <laughs> <laughs> Going down to look at rocks. <laughs> The boat was leaving, so they ran down the dock. <laughs> Sorry, I'm done. Interestingly, not everyone came away with the same conclusion about the site. What? And since then, there have been several documentaries and features on the monument, including a recent Ancient Aliens episode. Oh, and you know how George. that does. You know, I, I'll i give Ancient Aliens a credit for introducing people to a lot of cool and weird shit in the world. Yeah, it's just the people that go on there and say, uh, ancient people were too dumb to do this. It could have been. Right. That That's the hang up I have. But I think it's a, a cool concept for a show like, hey, let's look at these weird concepts in different cultures that all have the same through line. Let's look at this site, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I The subjects are cool. I, the approach is bad. Right. the The problem is that like there are these cool uh, cultures and and other things that are happening, but the again it, it's that robbery. It's like, well, you know why this culture is cool, right? Fucking aliens. <laughs> you know, like it also robs them of the achievements that they had. Like in the same hand, it lets people, it makes people aware of them, and then it takes away their achievement at the same time. Yeah. You know, it's it's it would be. Like if there was a TV show that was like this week, David Flora, Chicago podcaster, director, actor, also probably a robot. Tonight we'll be talking about robots. You know, you're <laughs> like, no, no, that's not, no. <laughs> I want to hear about the Chicago acting scene. Well, that's the thing. It like, it, it robs them of their achievements in an attempt. Well, I mean, yeah. Here's all you need to know about the Chicago acting scene. <laughs> If you went to Florida State University, you're in. <laughs> Is it? I don't know why, but like everything I've auditioned for, they're like, 
it's like a group of kids from Florida State University put putting on the production. So I don't know. That's weird. <laughs> but anyways, how about we go over the site itself? I mean, we we've been talking about stuff and people are like, "All right, you there's something underwater. I don't even know what the hell you're talking about." Yeah. Dave, Dave, tell us what this thing is. Hey, I want to know how you heard about this before we do that. Oh, um, I was noodling around on the internet looking for weird stuff, and then I stopped doing that, and then I saw a post on Imgur. Oh, yeah? Just on this? It was just a thing of, you know, like those mystery post lists, and this one did look interesting. You know, and the thing that I hate about those Imgur posts is that more often than not, there's completely... Like they're they're explained from hell to breakfast, but in the interest of making a post, they're like, "Oh well, no one knows how this would happen." And then I also enjoy reading the comments room. It's like you fucking idiot. Everyone knows how this. You know, like there's there's always that really great rebuttal post. Oh yeah, and I enjoy those a lot. Every post has that. Every post yeah. has somebody that that is smarter than the the op. Yeah. Well, you know what I heard about op. <laughs> <laughs> So anyways, uh, sorry. Tell so, us yeah, about so, the site itself. So, it, but this one, like of all the things on the list, I hadn't heard of it. And so I started kind of poking around it and I was like, oh, this is interesting. And, uh, and so I, you know, you texted me and we were like, hey, have you found anything recently? And I was like, yes, I have. Yeah. So if this episode sucks, that's on me, guys. This one's on me. <laughs> I'll fix it with uh, freestyle wraps at the end. So uh, the site, the top of the structure is about five meters, you know, 15 feet ish below sea level whereas the base goes down to about 27 meters below the surface. Uh, It consists of medium to very fine sandstone and mudstones, and it's theorized that those were deposited there about 20 million years ago. Um, Damn, son. Stone is is always a lot tougher to date, specifically because of the lack of carbon inclusion. Uh, But the the edges of this thing are arranged in such a way to kind of of look like a staircase or, or terraces. Um, there's no like perfect one foot intervals or anything, but the, the edges of it very, very thoroughly suggest a ramp staircase kind of combo thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there are uh, parallel flat faces, sharp edges, right corners, and uh, precise angles of the formation that would uh, at first blush indicate uh, actual directed design that they, these are deliberately made. You know, they, they say that, you know, nature hates perfect circles and straight lines, you know, so that's that's something that people look for often. And there are several uh, step pyramids type structures as well. Uh, one of the largest pyramids being about 600 feet wide, about 90 feet high, uh, with five separate levels of stone blocks and what appear to be a road surrounding the structure. Professor Kimura thinks that the formations were carved from one underlying rock mass and that the other megaliths were placed there where they currently lie. Uh, he's, he's identified what he thinks are, is a pyramid, castles, roads, monuments, and even a stadium. Uh, some other features include a trench that has two internal 90-degree angles, as well as two megaliths, uh, channels that you can walk through with stairwells at the end that are perfectly rectangular in shape, a, quote, triangle pool with two large holes at its edge, the way, which Kimura said, quote, uh, resembles a ka, which is an artificial spring for drinking water, at Gosuku Castle in, uh, of ancient Okinawa. The Gosuku means a castle including a temple in ancient Okinawan. A giant, a quote, giant turtle carving on one part of the structure, several columns or megaliths, including an L-shaped rock, and then uh, some other features that Kimura says uh, are also carvings. 
Um, there is a uh, sort of a face of man, um, the height of which is about seven meters, so it's taller than a man. So just know that. Yeah, it's a, just a big outcropping rock. Yeah, yeah, and and, and that's what they they think is the a face. Uh, in addition to the face of the man, there was also a relief of a four-legged animal, according to Kimura, um, and also places where you could see tool marks and scrapes. Uh, he even went so far as to say, uh, quote, we recovered several pieces of stone tools. Typical ones uh, are adzes, uh, but they are not polished, and their age is estimated uh, as up to 10,000 years old. So, <laughs> yeah, so um, in Camp Kimura, shits off the chain. And the hook. <laughs> the hook. The hook chain. So now you see where we uh, start down that wonderful path of conjecture that is both exciting and eye-roll inducing. A structure shaped and used by man 10,000 years ago would completely rewrite history, especially in this part of the world, I, I would right. think. And that is something Kimura is boned up for. Boy, although it's important to point out that's how boned up it came back and it was angry and then when it left oh no don't be angry oh no it's important to point out though that in 2007 he revised his estimate from the structure being constructed on dry land in 8000 BCE to the more accepted sinking from a giant earthquake in 2000 to 3000 BCE. I don't feel like he really ceded a lot of territory with that. I mean, yeah, that's like, you know, five, 6,000 years, but... He replaced the territory. Yeah, he just moved it. <laughs> yeah. So the initial estimate was based on the sea levels and where they would have to be for the structure to be on dry land. According to geologist Robert Schock, Doc Shock. Doc Shock. Quote, indeed, this area has experienced. Uh, listen, if we got in a guy named Doc Shock and we're going to quote him, I'm going to have to hear it from Doc Shock. Okay. We might be lucky enough to get him on the show one day and he's going to look back and say, you, you idiots, you could have had great. me on the show. Yeah, but you right. had to do that awesome supervillain voice occasionally railing against Spider-Man. <laughs> but that it's good it's good that you just threw that in because i was going totally do doing doc brown okay doc shock indeed this area has experienced major rises in sea levels during and since the pleistocene or ice age spider-man and based on well-established standard curves of sea level rises in the region, as recently as 8,000 to 10,000 years ago, the Yonaguni Monument may have been above local sea level, Spider-Man! <laughs> what do you think of that prescient analysis, Wallwalker? <laughs> My web-slinging nemesis! <laughs> <laughs> He's got more. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You say that, the rest of humanity says, no. Yeah. Oh, man. They're used to me doing this to them. Apparently, during the Ice Age, the East China Sea was a narrow bay opening to the ocean at today's Takara Gap. The Sea of Japan was an inland sea, and there was no Yellow Sea. People and animals could walk into the Ryukyu Peninsula straight from the continent. Therefore, 
Yonaguni was the southern end of a land bridge that connected it to Taiwan, Ryukyu, Japan, and Asia. Now, this fact is underscored by a rock pillar in a now-submerged cave that has been interpreted as a fused stalactite-stalagmite pair, which could only have been formed above water. What? No dripping underwater, bro. There is also evidence on the island of an ancient tradition of modifying nature, and according to Doc Shock, On Yonaguni, there are very old tombs, age unknown, but possibly on the order of thousands of years old, Spider-Man, that statistically appear to be comparable to the architecture of the Yonaguni Monument, you filthy wall crawler. There is still other evidence of some kind of human working of the local stone on Yonaguni scattered over the island are apparently very ancient or age unknown. <laughs> Obviously human-carved stone vessels. These are composed of local rock and clearly were neither made nor transported to the island in modern that is, in the last 500 years or so, if you're keeping up Spider-Man times. <laughs> These stone vessels remain somewhat of a mystery, you web-slinging dunce. <laughs> oh, Doc Shock. What have you created? <laughs> All the people that are new to Blurry Photos. <laughs> Unsubscribe. Oh, uh, Flora, I'm going to tap you out. I'm going to give yes, you a rest. Please. You did the Lord's work there. You really my, did. My, <laughs> my, my voice box needs... <laughs> that, was, that was masterful voice work. But, dear listener, that's not all. Some hobbyist geoglyphologists have postulated... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just dropped that like I say it every fucking day. That's what it says on my wallet. Who have postulated that this structure is actually a giant geoglyph and that it points to different areas of geographic importance. Now, the, the, here's an important thing I need to point out right now is that when you're a hobbyist geoglyphologist, it means no one on earth is paying you. And that frees you from any kind of responsibility whatsoever. <laughs> back, back. Okay, let's get back to it. Uh, it's supported by the claim that two other underwater geoglyphs are nearby off the coast of Taiwan and Fangbin. These that were discovered as satellite imaging tech technology advanced. One feature that some... Some of the curiosos have pointed out is that it sits on the 25th parallel with the granddaddy of all vile vortices, Los Triangla Bermudindas. <laughs> I am a fluent Spanish speaker who never makes it up. Uh, it's sometimes lumped into the Dragon's Triangle, aka the Devil's Sea, aka the Devil's Triangle, aka. Temp Mimbledons, which is an area of the Pacific from Mayaki Island, which is just south of uh, Tokyo, to Iwo Jima, and then to the northern tip of the Philippines. Uh, this has been connected to theories of aliens in the area, or perhaps part of a lost continent civilization like, I don't know, Atlantis. I like, Flora, that you wrote, like Atlantis, but more likely Mew. Like, like. Uh, guys, the evidence is really pointing toward the other lost civilization. Well, because Mu is a recycling of the Atlantis legend, but located in the Pacific. Because you no know, one, b because you, of you Moai know, statues. You know, nobody the Moai. knows that. 
no one knows that because we haven't done Atlantis yet, Flora. That's right. <laughs> Deep in the ocean. <laughs> Sweat and emotion. <laughs> Honey, pass the lotion. <laughs> motion. It's Atlantis. Deeper than a mess. It's Atlantis. Y'all, we can't plan this. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Oh, man. The legend's older than druids, and I'm going to drown you in fluids. <laughs> okay. Okay. All That's right. what happened to Atlantis. It got drowned. Uh, Flora, oh. now that we've gotten through that, is there anything that could possibly explain that which we have seen? Anything at all? Well, I, I can only tell you what other people think. Okay. How about Kimura? Kimura believes the site is evidence of ancient civilization, in particular, a place for ceremonies to be conducted. How does he know that? There are a few holes in this theory that cause it, ironically, to not hold much water. I get it. As we said, there is a split in conclusions drawn from the study of this place. Uh, Kimura looks and sees a shaped structure. Doc Shock and John Anthony West have looked and seen natural formations. According to Doc Shock. <clears throat> oh, God, this is a long one. The stones contain <laughs> numerous well-defined parallel bedding planes along which the layers easily separate. The rocks of this group are also crisscrossed by numerous sets of parallel and vertical joints and fractures, webhead. Yonaguni lies in an earthquake-prone region. Such earthquakes tend to fracture the rocks in a regular manner. <laughs> I'm not convinced that any of the major features or structures are man-made steps or terraces, but that they're all natural. It's basic geology and classic stratigraphy for sandstones, which tend to break along planes and give you these very straight edges, particularly in an area with lots of faults and tectonic activities, Spider-Man! <laughs> I'd like to believe that this was the lecture they got right before they got to go into the room with the radioactive spiders. <laughs> <laughs> Whew, I need a need a breath. Yeah, um, here, let, let me let me tag you out because man, you 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 gave it all there. Uh, in other words, tectonics have historically sheared slabs of this sandstone off, sometimes at right angles. Uh, indeed, close-ups of the stone show that they're not smooth like creamy peanut butter. No, 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 more like the rough touch of a cowboy who's never known love, <laughs> ma'am. <laughs> Uh, uh, bullwhip kick-kick-ya sound. kick That was good. That was good. I'll take that. The blocks are what shock calls living bedrock, y'alls. <laughs> oh, that's literally how it was written. That worked out. As in not cut in a range, which would indicate, obviously, uh, man-made origin, he has also found natural depressions and cavities on surface rocks that look just like the post holes that Kimura was pointing out before. Uh, Hancock takes a little bit of both conclusions for his opinion, which uh, I, I'm surprised that he didn't go all in to Kimura Town. He wasn't wearing a Kimura kimono. Yeah, me too. Saying that it's true other sandstone structures in the world show, form show formations like this, but it's highly suspicious for so many to be in such a small area. He also says that there are no loose blocks or rocks on the flat surfaces of the structure. 
To which Shock said, oh, do you mean the area with super strong currents and high earthquake activity? Yeah, that's weird. That's where there's not a lot of loose shit floating around. Uh, Shock does leave the door open to the possibility of the structure having been shaped by some ancient peoples for you know any number of reasons, not his job, but certainly not the thought that it was a quarry as transportation would be difficult even in the Pleistocene. Um, from what evidence we have, ancient civilizations only begin using canoes for coastal travel around 5,000 BCE. And by this time, the monument would have been pretty thoroughly underwater. Other evidence in the area shows a very small civilization, uh, which would not have the, the, the numbers required to, to, you know, when you think about it in terms of a civilization, you need to be so large that you can start to have people whose job it is all day just to cut and polish stone. Someone else has to be getting food for themselves and this other person. Yeah. And the civilizations that they found in that area were certainly not big enough to support that kind of specialization. Yeah. They would even go on to say things like the face that we talked about with the eyes, uh, almost certainly pareidolia. Even the photos are not, you know, it's almost like face of Mars stuff. Like Right, exactly. With, with the right shadow, the right time, sure. Yeah. But if you were there... Uh, in addition to being terrified by the number of sharks around you, you would also not see a face in that. The eyes that are in there, they're they're not like even and, and they're not like smooth, uh, you know, like carved out. It's 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 very much like, hey, that kind of looks like a face, huh? Yeah, it's the kind of the way like in the southwest they're like, oh, that's uh, that's cowboy rock. Well, yeah, you're like, yeah. oh, I see. That's kind of like his hat. So he's a cowboy. Yeah. No one's walking by going, oh, my God, did you see that giant, perfect sculpture of a cowboy? <laughs> exactly. Camel rock. Yeah. But they didn't have camel's hair, did they? <laughs> yeah. <gasps> I do really like uh, <laughs> Kimura's uh, turtle. Yeah. Because let me just ask you in general, what's the difference between a turtle and a somewhat round rock. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's like saying, oh my God, these rocks, they're all shaped like baked potatoes. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, potato rock. Um, yeah, there are some pictures. There's a picture, I should say, going around that, that is a, uh, the, the side of this supposed face underwater that is supposed to show carvings that kind of sweep back and curve like a headdress. Uh, or like some kind of feathered thingy or, or, or another. I don't think that's the same site. I think people have confused a completely different photo, underwater photograph of a stone with that exact uh, face well, feature. And, and how often do we see that show up? I and mean, we saw it in uh, Angkor Wat. We saw it in oh, yeah, uh, the, the dinosaur. And, dinosaur, yeah. Yeah, whenever shit gets weird, people just start trying to heap stuff on top of it because no one, you know... If you if I show you twenty pictures of an underwater thing and four of them are from somewhere else, how the hell are you gonna know? Right. Yeah. And that's how people do that shit because they're assholes. <laughs> and speaking of people who can fuck right off, let's talk about the geoglyph contingent. <laughs> Dude, there are like these dipshits pictures on there they're like oh and this angle do you see this line it goes through here and then this line connects to nazca but also to stonehenge oh but that's not all <laughs> horse shit. horse shit. like we have said you can take a straight line and connect any two points on earth with it 
And sometimes you're going to their straight lines connected to anything, <laughs> but they don't. Well, I mean, it, yeah, if you just if you took Stonehenge and Yonaguni and drew a straight line between them and then just kept it going around the globe. Wow. What? <laughs> right. I, like, yeah. no, don't stop. Stop that. that. That's one thing. But then there's there's this weird like I, I think I've I'm going to I've got it in the links that I'm going to put on the, the show notes. But. These Fungbin glyphs, it looks like absolute horse ass. Like there's nothing to it. I don't need those Fungbin glyphs. <laughs> like they're just from the satellite images or whatever. They you know they'll take a picture and they circle what you're supposed to look at, and it's just like lines of coke in the ocean or something. Like they're not even and they're not even lined <laughs> up. It's like a Harry Potter lightning bolt. They're nothing. It's not. It's not enough to be a glyph. If you want to be a glyph, if you want to be a geoglyph. Show a picture of a, a dude with a penis. Show a picture yeah. of like uh, the bird. Dick pics are dive it didn't bombing. happen. Dick pics are it didn't happen. It's but, what every every single archaeologist knows. But don't don't show me like three lines that are just arbitrarily next to each other and say it's a geograph. This denotes something that the aliens wanted to see. Right. No. No. Doesn't look like anything. But nope. one thing that you might find cool. It is on the same, about the same line, uh, parallel line as the Bermuda Triangle. Now, you know, when you get down to it, that's a very narrow uh, line that that you'd have to have. But, you know, the Bermuda Triangle, the the Dragon's Triangle, which this isn't even in, by the way. Yeah. They're huge pieces of, of ocean real estate. Saying that this is this is equivalent, it's like saying, oh, my God, this one phone booth is somewhat equivalent with North America. I mean, like, obviously, North America is bigger than the Bermuda Triangle, but the big Bermuda Triangle is a large area. Yeah. It's big. And, like, and yeah, the Devil's uh, Triangle or the Dragon's Triangle, whatever what, whatever I, it's called. It was, it was so big, I had to say it like Alex Jones. Big. It's big. It's big. This is big, people. I'm, I'm a man. This is what a man looks like. I like meat. I like to fuck. <laughs> whatever he says. Um, oh. But uh, the, the Dragon's Triangle, this is several miles away from it, from the outside edge. Like three of them. <laughs> At least three. Anyways. Oh, what about, uh, Flora, what about aliens? Shut up. Kidoki, moving on. So consider the tourism angle. This is, this is something that when you think critically about stuff, and I encourage everybody to think critically about stuff. Unless you're unless you're at uh, blurryphotos.com slash store or Patreon. <laughs> blurry photos, Patreon. Uh, blurry That's right. Whenever you're giving us money, no critical thinking. Just do what <laughs> feels good. But the locals want there to be something magical to this place, right? It drums right. up business. Yeah, an ocean full of hammerhead sharks is not quite the draw that you'd want it to be. Very specific crowd there. A lot of weirdos. <laughs> and and murderous stepmothers. Yeah. Proponents have agendas, and there is a strong amount of confirmation bias going on here. That's, that's one of the biggest takeaways is I think this is just a stock lesson in confirmation bias. You're going to see what you want to see, and you're going to reject anything that doesn't fit into that. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I I mean and the thing is is that it's it's not like there's no such thing as an underwater city or underwater architecture. It happens and there are reasons for it. Right. But that's what makes them so important when you find them. 
but you there's also i mean everybody knows there's way more ocean than there is earth and uh the the situations that would create interesting geography are even more thoroughly present underwater because rather than just air you've got constant erosion through through currents through storms there's a lot more going on and so you're going to get a lot more uh, diverse features. So simply saying, oh, it just seems unlikely is not good enough. Right. Because unlikely is going to show up pretty fucking often in the ocean. <laughs> it's kind of its thing. Uh, yeah, but this ties into the thought that uh, when there was a flood or when sea levels rose, and of course sea levels in this sort of scenario didn't rise overnight. It was a, a gradual but steady thing. And yep. it did swallow up some coast coastal areas. There's a lot of stuff that's not here now that was, and and I'm sure right. there's a Only lot of getting better. A lot of <laughs> yeah, right. I'm sure there's a lot of civilization out there that has been lost to you know the depths. One of the, the one of the best Futurama jokes of all time was the lost the lost city of Atlanta. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that when he when he hung out with that mermaid, but. Uh, I don't think that this is, is one of them. Nope. You have to also consider the other factors at play, which we've gone over, which is what other civilizations are going to be around there. What what were they doing? What's the evidence like or, you know, elsewhere on dry land and things like that? And it just doesn't, doesn't support uh, a theory of a huge complex in that area for anything, ceremonies or Plan Chunky yeah. or, or whatever. <laughs> Could have been an international Chunky field. That'd be pretty great. The Unaguni sunken cities, the Unaguni <laughs> no, sinkers. No, they're the Unaguni hammerheads, man. Oh yeah. I'm not saying that uh, civilization couldn't have existed ten thousand years ago because you know what what was Gobekli Tepe. We still don't know what, about that. There there are some things that are better evidence for uh, a civilization existing before we think it did than True. this. But I do like Dr. Shock's approach. Doc Shock. He's rational, yet still open to ideas if evidence supports them. And I think that's the, the big takeaway, you know? Yeah, I'll give you that. I, uh, I'll tell you what I don't like. I don't like all these people being on the same boat to go look at it. Uh, I think there were subsequent dives that were... Oh, yeah. No, I don't think that's the only time anyone ever looked. I'm just saying that, like, I would have enjoyed it a lot more if some... like I, Like... You know what I trust more than anything? Boring institutions. So, like, if they had, like, you know, some, some just a regular Japanese university was like, oh, yeah, we sent some geologists out there and like Ryukyu? Like that. Sure. It, the, where Kimura works? Yeah. How'd that work out for him? Like, again, like, you, that guy was not, that guy was not doing science. That guy was looking for shit. Because you know how I know is because of the amount of shit he found that no one else found. Like that guy was not interested in doing a geographic survey of a, of a, of an anomaly because he's like, oh, and then I found this, oh, and then we found tools shit that's way out of his league that he has no you know no training in identifying. Well, yeah, I, I'm I'm interested in the tools that he said he found because he said he dated those to ten thousand years ago. So I like, would love to, uh, yeah, I mean, if, if he found tools, if he didn't just pick up some rocks and say, close enough. Yeah, like, it, it would this be. This tool looks like it was used to kill that turtle rock. This stone tool 
made of stone shaped like a potato. Right. <laughs> this is the perfect shape to kill a tortoise. I don't know. But, so they uh, clearly came from uh, from the Galapagos. Yeah. Yeah. So in the end, for me, this this place was not what it was cracked up to be. Right. And I'm okay, I'm okay with that. Sure. Like, I like I like things that end uh, at least uh, rationally. You know, I mean, I really like it. I would love it if they were like, no, dude, we found some old doorways. Right. We don't know quite how to Rooms. open them. And they're, and they're not doing it yet because they need this. You know, like, I would, that would be the fucking coolest thing on earth. Yeah. But like one guy screaming, oh my God, there's a whole city down there and everyone else going, ah, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's going to do it for the Yonaguri Monument in a very uh, wet underwater Surrounded by hammerheads, nutshell. Yeah. You know, though, one problem that they had is there that they had to keep the sharks away from the research team. And the only way to do that was to uh, to chum the water with just, <laughs> I mean, they used to use rotten chicken, but it wasn't pungent enough. It wasn't drawing the sharks. The only thing with just such a heady, even underwater, just powerful draw to these uh, these flesh eaters was just buckets of raw old puns. <laughs> Pun chum. <laughs> what you using for chum? Puns. Oh, ah, that's chum. Using puns for chums, eh? <laughs> yeah, we're chumming with puns. Oh, oh pun chumming. You can catch a lot of big ones with that pun chum, yeah. Bonchom. <laughs> All right. Who who's who's uh, going first? I, I I got one for you. Uh oh. Don't steal um, my puns. I don't think I did. Do you know that um off the coast of Oregon in a, a cute little town called Astoria, there is a uh <laughs> there's a formation out there and it looks almost like a ship, like a pirate ship. Yeah. Uh, but it turns out it's just a completely normal formation. Even though to get out there requires a lot of work, it's really difficult. There's some slick rocks. I mean, it's dangerous at times. Okay. At the end of the day, if you make it out there, congratulations, you just found a rock. It's the Nottaguni Monument. Are you guys? <laughs> and the whole thing's over the minute you take a ride up Troy's bucket. bucket. <laughs> Chester Couple Pun. <laughs> ah, nice <laughs> bring it well with with too much evidence pointing towards natural formations the japanese government has switched tactics to attract tourists now they take proponents of an underwater man-made monument and put them in stocks the old medieval stocks they just stand them up there really? and you can pay money to jab a stick into their sides and laugh at them oh yeah it's called the pokaluni monument nice nice now that we've gotten those out of the way. <laughs> you know, one of the things that's been funding a lot of the research uh, into the Yonaguni Monument has actually been Hollywood uh, because they're trying to get as much research done because uh, some of the big studios in Hollywood actually have leased from Japan the entire area because they're going to be filming uh, their next big huge blockbuster there and they're, they're, they're worried that it's going to destroy a lot of the, uh, the formations underwater. Because they don't care about those at all, but they will be filming uh, Sharknado Five: Yonaguni Drift. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
What do you got, Flora? Well, I'll close it out. I'll close it out here. You know, Kamira's theories were good, or so he thought, until another geologist came and debunked them. Kamira was surprised. In fact, it was a real shocker. <laughs> Get it? Yeah! Yeah, I won't be fooled again. Wow, Wow. You well. <laughs> the only thing more dangerous than nitrogen narcosis, shark bite, rapture of the deep, the bends, or blood loss, or a bad CO2 mixture is... A.K.E. Tip Mibbles. A.K.E. Did uh, I say M.K. A.K.A. Whatever. I'm shut up. Moving on to the Mothman beer. It's a black IPA from Greenbrier Valley Brewing Company. Black IPA. Getting it done today. Gonna get a black IPA. Pretty good, man. Just, just yeah. Just the end of that was just drink it. <laughs> I'm digging this beer. Yeah, I'm going. Oh yeah, uh, that's good. I'll tell you what. Uh, actually, topically, we have an email here from Dragons in Genesis. Sweet. Yeah, send us beer. You'll get your shit read. <laughs> a month later. Um, wait. We are for two, sale. Three, four, five. Who cares? Just listen to the Anger What episode and was seriously disappointed with the puns. What? <laughs> Not because they were bad, but because you made the car pun. Ford Mustang or what? Uh-huh. And forgot about the Chevy Camaro. We just used that we one. Just we did. just read. It was a different one. Popular pun. Yeah. Heard it last week, Dragons in Genesis. Oh, now now who's the, the poopy-faced man who, who does not do does <laughs> the puns <laughs> that we want? <laughs> oh. He says, you left points on the field for a listener to pick up. Shame on you guys. Shame. I disagree. We do. I think good for us. Good for us yeah. that we left a pun out there for a listener to pick up because we are not greedy men. Well, also, we're not that good at them. We're not, you know, like I, I kind hey. of expect you to kick our ass every week. <laughs> I don't listen. Flora and I don't like write like 10 puns each and pick the two best. <laughs> we write like two puns each and pick the first two puns we think of. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's yeah, maybe that's important. <laughs> that's right. And we uh, and yeah. we leave the rest of the puns out there for you guys to shine with. That's right. We're too busy drinking this delicious free beer. <laughs> thank you dragons in Genesis. Thank you. I'm literally swallowing it as I say thank you. So, speaking of dragons in Genesis, these two, these two like they're like a one two combo and I love it. This is what couples do. Uh got one from Adventure Chick uh, as of writing this, uh, my first letter hasn't made it to the listener mail yet. Though, to be honest, it probably never should. Wrong! And it hath been read! Uh, nonetheless, Dragons and Genesis suggested that I tell you about my own mundane superpowers that I cannot control. They all fall under the category of subtle mind control of others. First, the ability to make people say what I want without them realizing it. That is a regular superpower. In most group discussions, if I give my opinion or suggestion... No one hears me. Yet less than 10 seconds later, someone in the group will repeat word for word what I've just said. At that point, everyone agrees it's a good idea, but no one seems to realize I've already said it. This used to annoy me, but I realize it's one of the best ways to get what you want done with none of the consequences. 
Very true. I've seen this also, happen in, in person, not from Adventure Chick. but um, Also, is it possible, Adventure Chick, that you've been dead the whole time? <laughs> I'm just saying maybe your coworkers are sensitive. They're, they're hearing you from the ethereal plane. Oh, God, if we start getting emails from the dead, that would be the best. Uh, second, the ability to walk into a room full of people, do several things, even, uh, even to the point of nonverbal interaction with others, yet have them be startled when I do say something or be amazed that I have completed some task. Again, I think you might be dead. Hmm. If, if, if suddenly you're in the room and they're like, oh, my God, Shannon's been dead for two years. <laughs> what are they saying when they're startled? First of all, your name's Shannon. Second of all, you might want to figure some things out. Yeah, first thing I thought of was Shannon. Uh, Third, the ability to make people remember me incorrectly. Quite often, if someone had to describe me to a person who's never met me, that second person will never be able to find me. I'm often remembered by casual acquaintances as having the wrong hair or eye color. Even You're like a spy. These are like all the things an assassin or a spy kills for or... The spirits of the dearly departed who have not crossed over get for free. Think about it. As I said, I have no control over any of these, but if I ever do, I will definitely start using them to my own advantage. Yeah, you could rob jewelry stores and also um, haunt old men into giving you their money. It worked on Ebenezer Scrooge. Uh, Everyone has this happen to them at some point, but the frequency with which this occurs makes me believe they are mundane superpowers. Nice. I could easily take offense and say I'm just not a memorable person, except that I'm always bugged by people needing or wanting my help. See, they know you're there. I choose to believe I have amazing powers of mind control that you can't control. Mm. I I like that. Thanks, Adventure Chick. Thank you. Dave, we've heard from Goblin Brook. Oh, yeah? Do you want to know uh, a fun thing? Uh, Malady Kim has a white noise machine Mm -hmm. that sometimes she likes to sleep with. uh, Well, how does that make you feel? Right. I know. I realized as I said it, that sounded weird. Sometimes we turn it on. How and does that make you feel? <laughs> there are. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. There are all these different settings. You know, it's like ocean, white noise, rain, thunder. And and one of them is Brooke. And Kim's like, what if it's just you just turn it on and it's just some girl complaining about pumpkin spice lattes? Jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Um, uh, but no, that's not you, Goblin Brook. No, not at all, Goblin Brook. Not only providing us with cool uh, suggestions and half of our work for us for research, uh, she has uh, some questions for us. Dave, number one, yeah, what is uh, yeah. what exactly is the penalty box? I'm not sure why the penalty box is so difficult. Noise canceling headphones. For whatever reason, I can't find the episode where it first began. I enjoy it though; it's good stuff. All right, so the penalty box, uh, early on, Flora and I realized that we are not going to be right all the time, and rather than just pretend we are, it's way more fun to make you our police force. Um, and we used to have this, uh, this old laptop that we, we used to record on in the early days, and one day it just developed this weird delay where we would speak into the microphone and it wouldn't get to our, our headphones until just like a fraction of a second late. And it was really, really f***ing with us. And we, like so much so we had to stop uh, and, and kind of figure out a new way to do the sound for the, the, the podcast. Yeah, we didn't use headphones for a long time. Yeah. And so then we were like, oh, okay, this is, that's actually a, a good way to punish ourselves because you can't read things with it. And it, in the early days especially, Penalty Box was a giant pain in the ass because we had to recreate our old setup just to get it to work. 
until Flora figured out, oh, there's a for f***ing free app on the iTunes store that has the exact same effect. And so we use that. Uh, the other reason we always complain about it is it is, it is it is difficult, particularly for me. I think Flora's better at it. But, um, and maybe I'm just a horrifying narcissist, but I key off the sound of my own voice. <laughs> when I speak, that's, I'm, I'm listening to it and judging it. And so when it's delayed, I cannot speak. It, I mean, you've heard it. You, <laughs> I don't have to, I don't have to convince you. But also we do it at the end of the episode where we're at that point pretty exhausted and we've been recording for two or three hours at that point. Yeah. And so often we're like, oh yeah, f- penalty box gotta do it because sometimes as you also know we forget a lot so it it is a true genuine punishment to us for a host of reasons yeah so there you go next question my fiance and i really get a kick out of your alex jones bashing my ex and his family moved to texas to work for Infowars. holy shit and that's the biggest reason i broke up with him I remember his dad straight-faced telling me they were trying to build an underground bunker to live in and use as a battle station to hide all their automatic weapons. I noped the fuck out of that situation ASAP. TLDR, X works for Alex Jones, fiance and I probably like the Alex Jones uh, bashing more than anyone else. Not a question. Oh, yeah. I love making fun of that. And you know what's terrifying? I honestly... Full disclosure, I probably listen to InfoWars for like 10 hours a week. I mean, I'm really deep on it because it's so terrifying and dumb and gross and and they're committed so thoroughly. It's crazy. Uh, uh, you might actually, if you haven't heard it, uh, if, you, if you hate Alex Jones like I hate Alex Jones, uh, check out the Rumor Flies podcast that we did with those guys that is literally... Uh, I don't know. What did that boil down to, Flora? Just we screaming for an hour? <laughs> but it's just us debunking and shitting on all of his his products. Yeah. Lung <laughs> cleanse, colloidal silver, degenerate uh, shield or whatever. N- nascent iodine, all that garbage. Yeah. Um, three, I found a great show through Dark Myths. It's called the Iroquois History and Legends podcast. I've listened to that. It is a good one. Um, I am Iroquois, and it is awesome to hear the legends and stories and history behind them. It is. Uh, yeah, I, I recommend that to anybody. It's a very cool podcast. Uh, they do they do some good storytelling on there. Well, if she knows Dark Myths, then she's probably already heard the uh, the Rumor Flies Maybe. episode then. Maybe, Maybe, yeah. Four, it would be awesome if you guys did an episode on Native American myths. Not only would it be uh, super awesome, it would represent my homies. Nice! Nice, I... I think we've 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 definitely dipped in there before. I mean, we did the Windigo. Well, uh, Thunderbirds. Yeah, I mean, here here's the thing. We it's it's kind of a broad category to say Native American myths. So right. we we like honing in on certain ones. But I'm always up for a creature from folklore or um, stories of you know how things got to be things. And so like, I'll always do. Yeah, like you said, Thunderbirds. Uh, we've done Wendigo, the uh, Pukwudgies are in there. I wouldn't, I mean, we'll have to look into it a little bit more, but like, for example, say like the ghost dance, you know, there's some really cool things uh, that came out of uh, the even recent Native American belief systems that are, that's pretty, that's pretty fascinating. So we did a whole yeah, show on rainmaking that had yep. some good stuff. Yeah. Like I, I like sprinkling in the, the stuff as opposed to just, I, 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 I fear that we would not cover enough <laughs> you know what i mean if we did just yeah here are some myths yeah that is that's like uh 
uh, yeah, that's just a real broad thing. But I think we, we're happy to talk about it wherever it comes up, like in a more specific area, because it is fascinating. And I don't think people know enough about Native American folklore. And right. I think it's one of the reasons why no matter how f***ing smart we all think we are, we continue to marginalize uh, Native American peoples in the United States. Uh, it just I mean, keeps f***ing happening over and over. 2016 and, just seems unreal. It yeah, seems it like a lot like 1816 yeah, or worse. Like it's, it's just everything seemed like everything was working. And then all of a sudden 2016 came along and now nothing were Nothing is what we thought it was. Well, that's because what Prince was the Lord of the East and David Bowie was the Lord of the West. And now all is in chaos, I guess. But anyways, thank you for writing Goblin yeah. Brook. Hope we, uh, yeah, answered thanks Goblin Brook there. and raised some more, and raised more. Got one from Captain Huck. Hello, hello, Daves. Bad form, Peter. It is I, the scourge of the West Philippine Sea, Captain Hook. I'm writing this on the 8th of August. <laughs> I'm guessing I'll be hearing this podcast on Christmas. <laughs> We're so much faster than that. It's barely November. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> listen to the Angor Watt episode, and I'm really disappointed that you guys didn't reference one of the best lines ever spoken in sim- cinema. Or if you did, I might have zoned off. Oh, yeah, we totally did then. We totally did. Oh, you don't know what movie line I'm talking about? Well, allow me to retort. Angor what does David Flora look like? Angor what? Angor what country you from? Angor what? Angor what ain't no country I ever heard of. They speak English in Angor what? Angor what? English, motherfucker, do you speak it? Yes. Then you know Angor what I'm talking about. Yes. Describe Angor what David Flora looks like. Angor what? Say Angor what again. Say Angor what again. I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say Angor what one more goddamn time. He wears hipster glasses. No, he doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) These aren't hipster glasses. He dresses like a fancy pirate at weddings. All right. Does he look like a bitch? Angor what? Does Flora look like a bitch? No. Why are you trying to f*** him like a bitch, Stecco? I swear to you at no point. <laughs> did I ever try that? <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. You tried to f*** him. But David Flora don't like to be f***ed by anybody except Mrs. Flora. You read the Codex Gigas, Stecco? Yes. Well, there's this passage I got memorized. Sort of fits the occasion. Ezekiel 25, 17. That's not in the Codex Gigas. Shut up. The path of the righteous pod is beset on all sides by the inequities of the squatches and the tyranny of evil cranes. Blessed is he who, in the name of charity and good pun, shepherds the blurry verse through the valley of dank memes, for he is truly his brother's keeper and finder of King Arthur's. I gotta find him. And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious thunder sounds those who attempt to poison and destroy my brothers. And you will know my name is the... Oh, Lord... (laughs) When I lay my vengeance upon thee. Thunder Thunder sound. There you go. Let it never be said that we are not men of the people. Thanks, Captain Huck. Uh, I'm pretty sure a guy named Tarantino is going to be suing you any minute now. (laughs) But I think it was awesome. Laura? Heard from inebriated butterfly. Drunk butterfly. Just listened to your episode on Anger Watt when I heard Stecco assert that calculus may have come from a guy named Newton. Many people are aware of the infamous spat between Newton and Leibniz over who invented calculus. 
What fewer people are aware of is that there is a far older potential claimant to the title inventor of calculus. The fascinating but virtually unknown Archimedes Palimpsest, yes, that Archimedes, is a parchment codex containing a 13th century Christian religious text which turned out to have been written on top of several older, uh, several much older documents, which include a hitherto unknown collection of works of the works of Archimedes. And in one of those, he makes the oldest known use of infinitesimals to solve a number of mathematical problems, which we now solve using calculus. Stecco is spared the penalty box, however. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, you're so f***ing generous. As while Archimedes does solve what we would normally think of as calculus problems, he does not so using, using calculus. I'd like to point out, not which using is calculus, different from modern calculus. Oh. That said, people have indeed been solving the kinds of problems we now use calculus to solve long before Angkor Wat was build, built, and for that matter, since more than a century before the birth of Julius Caesar. P.S. Someone uh, has probably already told you guys, but just in case. There's a lovely little secondhand bookstore in Iowa City called The Haunted Bookshop. On those very rare occasions when I find myself there, I always make sure to check it out. It has a great atmosphere and is always worth a visit. I have not been there. Thank you. I feel like I walked by it once and it was closed, but I'm going to check that shit out. Sounds good. Thank you, thank- Inebriated Butterfly. It's, thank you. Uh, good to know. Oh, <laughs> Flora. They got an email from the Irish Dagle. Irish Dagle. Irish Dagle. Boom, chick, boom, boom, chick, boom, <laughs> boom, chick, boom, 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 chick, boom, 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 chick. Here it goes. Uh, Irish Dagle writes, I'm happy to announce that I've finally caught up on your backlog. That doesn't sound finally. like. Finally. That sounds weird. <laughs> uh, it only took a year and a half, which is actually pretty good. <laughs> well, hell, it took us four years to do it. So you're kicking ass. <laughs> Yeah. So I was wondering if you guys got that pest problem taken care of in the studio. I know you've been struggling to find a good exterminator who has the gravitas to deal with even the peskiest rodents. So I thought I'd point you in the direction of Angkor Wat's God King of Pest Control, Diavarment. <laughs> <laughs> Hope that doesn't cause too many groans. Keep up the laughs and learning and never stop punning. Never stop punning! Thanks, Irish Dagle. Take Irish Dagle. Diavarment. Uh, got, it. got one here from John. Hi, John. Anger, what's up? When I'm not reading the comments from a recent InfoWars post, I occasionally find time to listen to blurry photos. Okay, okay, I'm more or less addicted, all right? (laughs) I've turned several friends onto your podcast. Thank you. Didn't even know who Alex Jones was before hearing you. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe I'm not helping society by drawing attention to him. (laughs) I was visiting the fine city of Chicago a couple of weeks ago, wishing I could grab tacos and a drink or four with you guys. I'd like to thank you for keeping me company especially during long road trips listening to the dark web episode on one and had to pull off the road due to laughing so hard it's yeah sorry sorry everybody (laughs) it is a risk it is a risk yeah you might look into merchandising a blurry photos road trip urine canister sometime in the near future well you know Uh, i think you'll find that the coffee mugs are 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 kind of okay wouldn't work for me brother yeah If you're ever in the greater Minneapolis area, I'd love to help you find your way to the city's most delicious tacos. I would love that help. I'm constantly looking for delicious tacos. I know you like tacos because you're not part of the elite oligarchs who make the world appear curved just so you can laugh at us from your ebony and ivory tower. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, John. Yeah, thank you very much, John. Got one from Corey, the the famous Uh, and and fair spear-bearing lad. 
from the hollow earth. Wow. Yeah, he's got a full title. I believe it. <laughs> Hello, David and Dave of the Blur of Fleckos. Oh, hi. Been listening for two months. Still 30 or so episodes to go. Whew. Including Bullstone supplementals and candy chats. Candy I got candy. started at episode one, and I knew I was in for the long haul at Imagine a Pumpkin in the Hollow <laughs> Yeah, in the Hollow Earth episodes. That is a long haul. I know the code words McClintock of Big Rock Candy Mountain and Eschatology. I know about the Hollow Earth certificate led deadline, but the time dilation from wibbly wobbly timey wimey effects in space time and gravity that keep the Hollow Earth stable as well as hidden from outer world or explorers and scientists allows me a loophole on this moratorium. Oh, you know what? Just you're the first person that has acknowledged that there was a limit. <laughs> You're the first person, and for that, you get a certificate. You know what? You get a certificate. Head on over to the Blurry Photos fan page. Yep. You can pick one up right there. I did. Uh, <laughs> I did. I posted the certificate on the Blurry Photos fan site. Just you, though. Just you. Just you. Don't. If you didn't listen to it, you got to shout McClintock at your monitor. Uh, just heard the mail from Tyler Taylor asking for a nickname in the Petra episode. I have some ideas about nicknamery using the trick that made my nickname. My name is Corey Roger Kilbane. I took the meanings of my name, scrambled them together, and mixed them in some blurry photo stuff. The name means spear bearer or from the hollow. Famous. Oh. Your name's Kilbane. Why, why, why did you keep digging? <laughs> what the? Kill- f- wait, oh, yeah. Wait. Kilbane. My name's Thrashhammer Coldiron. But what I did is looked into what that meant so I could get a cool nickname out of it. You don't want to change your name from Kilbane. <laughs> you barely adopted that name. I was born in it, molded by it. All right. And so, using uh, this deep research method, we can now officially rename Tyler Taylor the Inkeeping Tile Cutter of Dorchester as a possible nickname. Oh, that's, Say hi to your mother a, for me. That's a mouthful, all right. Just like your mother got last night. Oh! Oh! Hey, hey. Say hi to her, though. Anyway, love the show. Keep up the good work. Bye for now. David, beloved flower flora. And Dave, beloved twig stecco. Yeah. In, in Italian. <laughs> Whenever I Google my last name, I get a lot of stick insects. And that's how I learned that Italian for stick is stecco. Huh. Yeah. P.S. Stecco didn't have uh, a known origin, but it means, oh, it's right there. It means stick in Italian. So Stecco could be a beloved unknown. I'll take that. And he couldn't find anything for Divod either. Divod might be a demon, we found out, right? Maybe. Oh, P.S. Thank Betty and Tab for my dog's nickname. Piggly Dog. Piggly Dog. That dog loves savings. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Corey. Thank you, Corey. take, Take us home, Flora. All right, taking us home with Spooky Scary Scarecrow. Whoa, 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 pump the brakes. Scary. Long-time listener, don't worry, I won't ask you for a Hollow Earth certificate. Along with Mysterious Universe, you guys are my favorite podcast, and look forward to your oral hijinks every week. Oh, thank you. Also, a long-time 4chaner who has retreated to a smaller and smaller amount of boards as the website has grown increasingly more toxic. Hope to write you guys about something more on topic, but I finished the Anger Watt episode. Had to write to tell you guys not to go to 4chan slash X. Too late. <sighs> Mistakes were made. It's not horrifying or grotesque or anything. It's just incredibly cringeworthy and sad. It's a mix of people asking how to summon succubi so they can lose their virginity. People <laughs> how to conjure tulpas so they can lose their virginity. People <laughs> claiming to be vampires, fairies, demons, aliens, 
and Alex Jonesian goblins who who want to take your virginity. Well, you're going to be in bed with a goblin, covered in goblin vomit, kissing a goblin. <laughs> <laughs> if you look, you can find a handful of good discussions there, but they're real diamonds in the rough. If you really want to see the best 4chan has to offer, I best suggest is in quotes. slash co uh, slash co or slash tg. CO deals with comics and cartoons on top of the normal fandom bitching and moaning. People will uh, help each other work on the comics. TG helps with table co- tabletop games, general kin height type stuff. Nice. You'll still experience kind of assholery you get when you give people anonymity and a soapbox. But in general, those two tend to be more positive than the other boards. So can't wait for the next episode. Thank you, spooky scary scarecrow. That's that's good to know. I feel like we have gotten a fair number of positive 4chan emails lately. Yeah. Saying yeah, a lot 4chan's of not that 4chan. bad. Yeah. And in fact, I think it's drawn us some traffic uh, on the X it's true. board. Yeah. I think we, we have come up there some, I mean, sometimes. I feel like, and, and weirdly enough, I feel like our brand of filthness and irreverence would, would probably appeal to the, the average 4chaner, whilst I still hold Maybe. them in, in the greatest, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Esteem? Nope. What's the opposite of that? Dispe- disrespect. Sure. Uh <laughs> I just don't want no fortune to date my sisters. All I'm sure you're nice. I'm sure you're fine people. Don't say hi to my um, mother. <laughs> yeah, well, that that'll do it then for our listener mail. Thanks Woo. everybody for writing in. Yes, uh, thank you so much for your five star reviews on iTunes. They make a huge difference, and I love reading them. I personally enjoy oh, yeah. reading them. It gets me jazzed up. I absolutely do too. And if if we all kind of make a push, we're only about twenty reviews away from. Four Hildos on Whoa, there. Whoa, that's a power Hildo. That's a, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's a great amount. Uh, also, speaking of Hildos and pushing, getting real close to the fifteenth Hildo. Please, pretty close. Uh, I already made an impassioned plea about our Facebook page. Please like it. Uh, we are better than racist assholes, or at least yeah. that's what I'd like to believe. Because currently, we aren't. <laughs> uh, and and flat flat earthers. Yeah. Flat earthers and racists have more likes than us. That's right. Help change that. Hey, uh, let's see what else we've got. Uh, check out the store. Uh, free shipping through. No, uh, we just found this out because they tell us this stuff. Otherwise, we honestly, I would have told you before. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, from November 1st through November 21st, uh, free shipping on all orders over $40. That's like half of a shower curtain. It's so easy to get there. <laughs> so... Uh, um so please uh check out the store check out uh it's uh www.blurryphotos.threadless.com uh you can check yeah. out our store there um it's free shipping on, on international orders over 80 that's like free too. real estate um uh one <laughs> but, other thing you know. that we we mentioned also is that for the color logo shirt also for jeff the talking mongoose if you are in the United States, you can buy it straight out of our, our regular store that we had before. It's a little bit cheaper that way. I just want you yep. guys to have the option. I'm actually wearing the color logo shirt right now. And Flora. That's great. Flora, high five. This is actually, I, I was commenting to Kim today. I was like, Kim, touch this cotton. This shirt's really comfortable. 100% ring spun. Woo. Those rings. It's, it's a, we, actually, we actually did pay a little bit more this time around to get better quality shirts. Yeah. I'm, I'm, ring, softer. I'm ring sprung. <laughs> those are on there uh, along with mugs we have some beautiful coffee mugs yep. that you can get uh, on there don't forget to check out patreon.com slash blurry photos if you want to give us a little support on the reg 
tons of different things that we're handing back to you for that. Uh, as a matter of fact, our extra sewed for November, I think we've already teased that out. Uh, I don't think we were terribly clear if we meant that or not. Guess what? We <laughs> fucking did. So, yeah. Yeah. We're going to make some kind of Tommy, <laughs> Tommy something. We're going to make that. some kind you of, know, for fun, some kind of liver loaf out of that fucking kid. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, also, check out all of the podcasts at the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. They are an amazing organization. I know we say that every week, but take a moment to think about this. Uh, they just literally, out of the kindness of their hearts, Cards Against Humanity, is put this together to support Chicago podcasters because they like podcasts. That's it. And they're putting yep. a ton of work into it just because they like podcasts and they want podcasts to be successful. And what better way than to listen some, to some of those other podcasts? Cause they're awesome. We've met all, all, if, if not like 90% of these people and they're yeah. all really nice people. I have yet to meet anyone who is not cool. Um, yeah. and so please take some time, look through their list, find something interesting. It's not hard. They've got some really fucking fascinating podcasts in there. So chicagopodcastcoop.com they have samples of each podcast on there so you can you know you can you can taste of it yeah here's a great example how about great friend of the podcast uh mark soloff's blastro podcast mark soloff is the idiot roommate of detori belordo who is a man of science and also i think uh if if not his most recent very recently uh released mm. an episode with ken height Ever heard of him? Two-parter. Two-parter, of course. Two-parter on cannibalism. It's can into one episode. Can't happen. Uh, It's a good good time. So, yeah. I've listened to it all. Please do it. Flora, what else we got? Donate button if if you're, if you just want to throw money, that's all. If you, if you, if you're like James Brown and you want to hit it and quit it, we made that. You want to hit it and quit it? We made it possible. But if you want to take it to the bridge, you can go to audibletrial.com slash blurry photos and get yourself a free audio book. Get on us. Yeah, we're great. Uh, we're we're going to be coming out with the uh, the recap of the uh, Milwaukee Paracon soon. Yes, got some good stuff lined lined up for November. But uh, yeah, hope hope everybody's doing well. Hope to catch you on the flip side. Suckers. Mm-hmm. For this episode of Blurry Photos, I have been David Doc Shock Florida <laughs> Webhead. And I've been Dave, a.k.a. Dorv, a.k.a. Dab, a.k.a. Dave, a.k.a. Dizzy D, a.k.a. Dibble Dong, a.k.a. Double Dip, a.k.a. Stecco. I don't want pictures of Doc Shock. I want pictures of Spider Bite.